And we're live. <laughs> you have to have more than that. You can't just say we're live. Introduce people. On the podcast, I'm obviously on there, but a lot of people don't realize I have a co-host, Todd. Yes. So he's here today. I'm, I'm picking up my the, own That's way. where the name comes from. Rob and Todd. That yeah, is truly who we're talking about. When Rob was looking for people, you know, I was just like, ah, oh, should I audition? Should I do this? And he said the name was Rob and Todd. And I was like, wow, how many Todds does he possibly know? I might as well give it a shot. And I nailed it. I nailed the part of Todd. I did meet the other two Todds, and you're the best by far. Yeah, I was the last audition, so I got a lot of feedback from yeah. people exiting from the audition room, and I think that was very beneficial. <laughs> the exit surveys really did. Yeah, work. yeah. It's like, what was it like? What did he say? What did you say? We also have Alex Chapman. Oh, is that your name? Yeah, that's oh. It was getting awkward. Pastor of Georgia's Creek Baptist Church. Special guest today. All right. Also the host of the Ask Pastor Alex podcast. You can find us everywhere podcasts are. Also, fun fact, I'm his brother-in-law. He loves me so much. Which I didn't know that 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm like his favorite sibling, and that's including Bill, especially. <laughs> are you listening, Bill? <laughs> he's probably not. No, he's probably not. You know why his boat's not done? Because I haven't helped yet. And you know why I haven't helped yet? Because every time he gets into a project, backs himself into a corner, he then needs the help. And then when I do help, he gets pissed if I take any credit. Oh. No one even cares about the credit. No Wait. one's looking at us saying, oh, did Robert help with that? Well, I don't wow. know if Bill was quite as handy as we thought he was. No, <laughs> nobody cares. Are we posting this? I don't know. It might. It, but we are live. <laughs> We're live. We are so live right now. So I've been really resistant. <laughs> and I know he's wondering, why the heck is Robert taking zero interest in my boat project? Yeah. Because at, <laughs> when it's all said and done, he's going to go to Facebook and say, look what I did. I took this thing from rags to riches. This boat is now complete, and I renovated it. Whittled it myself right I, out I, of a tree trunk. I he helped can, him out with the boat, and he gave me – I mean, he didn't need to give me credit because I really didn't do that much. But I'm like, I don't, I don't care if people know I helped or not. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. But also he works himself into a corner, Ask what can we do to fix it, and then he – but we love you, Then Bill. he still wants to do it his way. So anyway, we'll probably cut some of that. We'll probably use some of it. <laughs> I guess but, it really will depend on what mood you're in at the time of editing. <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy. They're kid. brothers. You got to understand siblings. You know, it, this is normal. He's number two, but he's a good kid. <laughs> So we're going to start off with a game show. Oh, boy. And sound effects and stuff, probably. Instead of da -da -da. <laughs> We will have prizes. I'll let you know if it's a prize question. Ooh. Every question's worth a point, but if it's a prize question, I will let you know ahead of time. Right, right. I did buy a $10 Starbucks gift card. You guys were like, oh, you should probably talk about this on the show. I ordered a drink, bought the gift card, had the gift card in hand, mm -hmm. set it on the table right by the door, and was just waiting on my drink. There was a, a guy fiddling through his phone. His, he had sat there and already drank whatever he had ordered, kind of waiting to go. They set my drink on the table. As soon as I go up to get it, he grabbed the gift card and jetted out the door. You know, they probably got him on camera doing well, that. I think they should have given you a, a yeah, they probably an additional you... gift card to compensate. Well, I asked him. I was like, y'all saw that? I was like, I just bought a gift card, and oh, boy, just ran out the door with it. They're like, are you sure it's not in your wallet? <laughs> have you checked your wallet? Like, this is the so, protocol when someone says they've been <laughs> robbed. Are you sure you were robbed? I mean, maybe you thought you were robbed, but it's still there in your pocket. So I just let it go. 
if it had been something I couldn't do without, I would have chased him down. And that's the problem. If I had chased him down, it's not worth the legal fallout from tackling him and beating his ass and yeah, stuff to get Then you'll be arrested for assault. Exactly. So I let that go, but then the store didn't care about it. So I just, I didn't buy another one. Hmm. So there's there's not one to give you guys. Not one here. It's the thought that counts. You know, I feel like it's here in spirit because no. you were doing a good thing and you had a bad thing done to you. Alex does not feel like the thought counts no. as, no. Mu- as no. much. Well, that's okay. <laughs> you can go back. I mean. I've got a happy gift card upstairs. It's probably a $25. A what gift card? A happy. I don't know what, what is happy? Is. That's the odd thing. It's got. It's just that. Who says money can't buy happiness? Yeah, this. <laughs> it's supposed to make you happy because you got options. It's got maybe the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, you're yeah, sold. Barrel. I am sold. It's got options on it. It's yeah. a multi. It's ten dollars. It's twenty five. Oh, twenty five. That's three slices of cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. I tell you what. If we do all three taste test elements uh-huh. that I've prepared, <laughs> then I will throw that in as the grand prize for whoever wins. Nice. Okay. All right, now I'm Do you guys tested. think you would want to do all three? Yeah, yeah. what maybe? What the heck? I'm going to say my palate's not that refined. I eat a lot of hot sauce. I think, I, you know what? We're starting off uh, the same then. Okay. So <laughs> And sour candy. That's really messed me I'm up. I'm not much on candy, but the hot sauce, I can relate. Two of the taste test elements I would not enjoy. Oh, boy. But like one of them is something Todd eats regularly. Oh, I boy. I think he'll probably get it. <laughs> I'll take sure. seconds. Oh, I'll order double. I'll double up here. It, I almost got Olive Garden dressing. Ooh. The, Ooh. I would have spotted that. Because yeah. Alex... I basically drink it. Yeah. That, that is good stuff. And it I was like, well, stuff. that's an automatic point for Alex. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he would have recognized it instantly. Yeah. So I didn't, and I almost got just plain chili sauce or whatever, but I got some more interesting elements than chili sauce. When you say okay. elements, it's got me thinking the like the periodic table or something here. Well, it's just that they're not all liquid. Yeah, yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. We have two liquids. One's essentially a condiment, one's a drink, and then one is more of a semi-solid. Now, when you say these are potentially like liquids and things, do you have to be a certain age to partake of any of these liquids? 18, and both of you are. No, there's no alcohol. Okay. 18. I've got some... <laughs> it's that's that, interesting. It's that nicotine drink he was talking about. <laughs> it's got cigarettes floating around in there. Mmm, liquid cigs. <laughs> By the way, so, I, I just want to say this. Out of respect for Pastor Alex, I have turned into Danny Tanner from Bob Saget. And if you get that, you know exactly where I'm at right now. So I'm thinking before I speak, out of respect. Sweet. Yeah. We are trying to do a no cursing episode, and Todd has agreed, and... You've already messed up. I was about to say, you said the A word. You did. I didn't necessarily agree. What did I say? You said the A word. The A word. Yeah. I would say it, but I've... I'm We're keeping a tally. We should do yeah. that. We should keep a tally. <laughs> okay, going. okay, we'll keep an unofficial tally yeah, for yeah. the duration of the episode. See who comes up the cleanest. I remember way. now beating the guy's ass. Yeah, so that's, $10 that's, that's, two. that's two. That's two. two. You're keeping track. Yeah, yeah, that counts. You could have said a word for ten dollars. It wasn't worth the legal fallout. Well, no, I agree with that point. <laughs> Absolutely. You could have said I was going to beat his butt or kicked him in the rectum or something. So even just bite him. Yeah, subdue him. I'm going to punch his colon. Colon's fine. Right in the ear. Punch him right in oh, the ear. Oh, man, that stings. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got that ringing sensation. I could have ran up on him, grabbed him by the back of the neck like you do a cat. Yeah. And <laughs> a scruff. Just, and stuck my fingers up his nose. There you go. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. 
Treat him like a true curly from the Stooges. Until he coughed up that card. Yeah. The funny thing is, no one else talks this way around me. Like, Robert is never this censored around me. <laughs> it's just for the podcast. I have to admit, this is new territory for me here. I'm really yeah. trying hard, but I think I'm going to pull it off. So we're going to have seven superhero trivia questions. <clears throat> this is kind of because The Flash just came out. Right. Which we saw. We saw that Sunday. The Flash is one of oh, Alex's yeah. favorite superheroes, if not his favorite. It definitely is my favorite, yeah. I was going to watch the movie as well. I saw the preview, and it was just too action-packed for me. It was pretty action-packed the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see it, but Todd... Michael Keaton was fantastic. Yeah, he was the best part of the movie. He was. I thought so, too. It's like he just put on, like, a... You know how they use the expression, riding a bike? It's like riding a bike? Yeah. I mean, he just put on the, the cape and... Just picked up where he left off. The CGI special effects, absolutely terrible throughout the whole thing. I did see what they said about that, where it was intentional. does feel like a lazy response afterward. Like, oh, I'm sorry it was so bad. That was intentional, though. Yeah, it seems to be... Well, they delayed it so many times. They had time to work on the CGI. (laughs) And I feel like, okay, if this was an artistic expression here on CGI and what costumes... It was because they wanted to have Barry's perspective on what real-life superhero costumes would look like. And it just came out to look like rubber. That's and, exactly what the Flash looked like. And even, like, the scenes where he's in, I guess, the Speed Force or, you know, yeah, that little thing away, but, like... Yeah, the, the bubble the, the he travels CGI, back like, in time. Everything almost looks animated. And if your excuse is, well, it's supposed to be from Barry's perspective, why would he see animation? Why, why would he not see... It, it's, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I will say this, though, like... They had a potentially good story with the Flashpoint story. They, you know, obviously diverged in a lot of areas from the original. They did that intentionally, unfortunately. But they also, the ending is super confusing. Again, I'm not going to give anything away. But the way they end the movie just raises more questions than anything else. Well, very, I, I mean, I think they, way. yeah, they ended it rather ambiguously because yeah. there's obviously more adventure, more stories to tell there because he's in the situation he's so, in. So basically, if you don't know, is it James Gunn? He's the new head of DC? Uh, Peter Safran and James yeah, Gunn, so yeah. Basically, they're going to like reset the whole DC movie <laughs> reboot universe. It. Reboot they're it. Gonna reboot the universe. And basically, the Flash is going to be their fall guy for how that happens. So like when you see a new Batman and a new Superman and a new Wonder Woman, the, and you're like, oh. The how, Flash adds continuity. This makes no sense. It's like, well, it's the Flash's fault. When the exactly. Flash did what he did, that's now why you have all these different versions. So it's technically still the same universe and it's continuing the same stories that have been told but the reason they have new actors it's because the flash he messed up exactly the flash movie went through three regimes at warner brothers during its production process and they had three different endings and in my opinion the ending we saw was probably the worst i agree 100 i love the cameos in it yes but i did not like the very last cameo no i didn't either because it like it was corny right and i even said to my wife and i was like that makes no sense and it it makes the rebooting process harder now because yeah. now you have to do another, oh, we've got to make Barry mess up again even to get this situation taken care of. Well, I think they, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they had a se- they have a sequel to The Flash written already by the same screenwriter where they're going to feature Reverse Flash, who apparently Which should killed. have been in this one. Yeah, yeah, because what was hinging on this one was uh, the death of Barry's mom, right. and that's exactly what the reverse flash did he killed Barry's mom that's not a secret uh, you know the director spoke out about that so no spoiler there right that's well known in the flash's story is reverse flash kills his mom yeah but it's it's a great movie i'd say 80% of it i agree and great storyline interesting concepts even kind of what they did towards the end in the, like the climactic scene mm-hmm. 
my wife and I both looked at each other like, are they making this guy into this bad guy? Yeah. And I was like, if so, that is a really cool idea. Very interesting. But then they kind of undo it 10 seconds after that. Yeah. Okay. I uh, Really cool for a second. I always love to think about what could be. Like if the Flash, it's not going to be the big blockbuster they were hoping it to be like Aquaman or the first Wonder Woman was. It's probably going to be more like Black Adam, unfortunately, or Marvel's Eternals. Pretty low grossing for uh Do you think that's come. just because of Ezra Miller? No. I think it's because it's a pointless movie because they're already aborting the the universe that it's in so it's kind of like if you're a dc fan you don't really have to see the flash and plus with the hype of the bad special effects word getting out about that people aren't too anxious to see it and it just seems kind of gimmicky at this point like people are just going to see it for the cameos and it would have been that way a couple years ago i mean Mm -hmm. it would have been probably the biggest superhero movie in a long time the way they were originally ending it the way they had originally shot to end it I don't want to give anything away, but it would have had the original Snyder Justice League along with uh, new additions of uh, Supergirl and Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah. And if it were a big hit, Michael Keaton's Batman, Old Man Bruce Wayne, it would have gone into a Batman Beyond story. No, I did hear that. Yeah. I thought, like, if uh, they said if Flash was a success, then they were going to make a Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton being old Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and bringing in, uh, what's the new Batman's name in, like, Batman Beyond? I forgot his name. I, I, see, that's beyond my pay grade right yeah, there. Just so you know. I'm going to make probably that segment into its own just movie review. I'm probably oh, pull wow. it out of the episode. Yeah. Do we need to do more on that then? Well, do what you want to do, but i got to go find another blindfold because I only have that one. Oh, so if y'all I didn't think about if that. If y'all have any more to say, you could. Sure. Because I think that's going to be the best way to do that is probably make that yeah. its own episode. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go look for a blindfold. Now we can talk about Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the problem with Rob. <laughs> okay, so let's start like this. Rob, if you're editing, start it here. Action. So back to the Flash movie. Scale of 1 to 10, what do you rate it? 7. Now, Solid 7. All right, so if you're thinking in terms of like the opening, the middle, and the ending, did you think the opening was kind of dragging? I thought the opening was a little awkward. I uh, don't, again, don't want to give too much away, right. but the scene with the uh, nursery, the hospital, I thought was a little awkward. It was funny, mm. but out of context, it's kind of morbid. Yeah, true. You know, because <laughs> I, I, I just was laughing at babies falling to their death and one of them going in a microwave like, all right, that's... But the thing is, it even dings. Like, did you hear the ding after, like, when they land? Yeah. It dings as if the microwave had been on, and it's not <laughs> even plugged anything. So I'm like, where did the ding come from? Have you seen any of the Fast and Furious movies? They no, don't care about <laughs> continuity and physics. Come on. This is their version of reality because it works in the story. The opening did have a lot of potential for good action. I will say that the people involved in that opening scene, really cool kind of corny when one of the yeah. special cameos yep. came in and yep, like yep. what happened there yeah i was like okay you're, just you're going for a joke but i don't really think it landed exactly like but seeing the people there together that was really cool mm-hmm. set up a good premise but then all the stuff that happened after that it just felt dragging because if you're going to the flash movie and you know that it's supposed to be like a flashpoint type movie you're probably somewhat familiar with that story, so mm-hmm. you know where it's headed. And I just I feel like it took a little too long to get there. I wish they stuck to the Flashpoint story. That would have been great. You know, Hollywood has this determination. They have the Steven Spielberg put it best. He said um, the reason why movies deviate from the source material like they do is it's like telling a joke twice. It doesn't land as hard mm. the second time around. 
So it's kind of a reason and a rule of thumb in Hollywood. You got to add something, take something out, change something, you right. know. And uh, sometimes, in my opinion, sometimes they get it right, like Fight Club. I think Fight Club the movie and Fight Club the book are very good uh, examples of this. The yeah. book and the movie end totally different, but the book ends in a way that's best for a dramatic narrative and the movie ends well cinematically it's more visual focused yes. rather than internal dialogue see and I think that was going to be my point is you have to do that with certain books that do focus more on internal dialogue because you have to find a way to express that visually to an audience so that they can understand what's happening and going on and um, so with with books and movies like that it works really well but yeah. with comic books pretty much everything is action so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really need to deviate too much i really wish they stuck to the flashpoint story and maybe did a spin-off movie on the thomas wayne subplot See, i thought that was so cool in flashpoint I, I thought so too when i heard that michael keaton was right? going to be batman i, I was, was like, like oh my god they're doing it yeah, they're yeah. totally gonna do it because he's old right and i told i told my wife i was like He's not going to be Bruce Wayne. There's no way he's going to be Thomas Wayne because here's this really interesting story. Like, this this is Flashpoint. It's awesome. And then they didn't do that. For those that don't know, the subplot I'm talking about is when the Flash goes into the alternate, you know, reality or whatever, alternate universe. uh, Timeline. Alternate timeline. There we go. Timeline. Bruce Wayne is the one who gets shot in front of his parents rather than his parents getting shot and him growing up to be Batman. And unfortunately, Thomas Wayne, through vengeance for his son, becomes this new version of Batman, a Batman who kills, a Batman who has guns. He's packing some serious firepower, and he doesn't care who gets in his way. His mother, conversely, goes insane, and she is the Joker. Which is awesome. Yeah. Which is a great That is, oh my God. Think about who could perfectly be cast for that. I mean, the the possibilities are endless, and it's just so interesting. Intriguing, and it'd be a great character movie if they wanted to do it. Man, if you wanted to do an awesome callback, you know who they could have gotten? Who? Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah! Who's always in Tim Burton movies. Yeah, she's always like crazy. So she's always crazy, right? But she's always in Tim Burton movies. You bring Michael Keaton from a Tim Burton movie back as Batman, have Helena Bonham Carter be Martha Wayne as the Joker, that would have been amazing. Warner Brothers, are you listening? Are you listening? David Zaslav, listen to us. This is what the fans want. This is what the people want, okay? Yes, we we speak for all of them every single one we've talked to them they've written us that's right we know what's up man that would have been a really cool casting though if they had done that or even yeah. stuck to that or even when they get into the alternate timeline if you had referenced the ongoing war between like the Atlanteans and the Athenians uh, um, yeah Wonder Woman's people yeah Athenians, the, the Amazonians Amazonians that's yeah, right yeah yeah because there's this ongoing war between like Aquaman and Wonder Woman and little like, tension this, there this war going on and even if that wasn't the main storyline, which it couldn't have been, there could have been references to it in yeah. the background, like news reports and stuff, as they did with other events that were going on, yeah. rather than creating the event that is created, which is like the big bad event going on in the Flashpoint or in this Flash movie. It's like, I don't really, it, it didn't make sense. It didn't have any sort of explanation. I mean, I think you know what I'm talking yeah. about, where, where the big bad guy comes in and like he's this, he's going to destroy the world and all that. And you're like, yeah, but why him, though? Yeah, Michael Shannon was kind of questioning that. He has a great perspective on these things here, I think. He, he's kind of a smart aleck when uh, asked about being in superhero movies. But he's like, I'm just simply there in this movie just to present an obstacle. That's it. He's a bump in the road. That's all Zod is in this movie, That's really. Yeah, I mean, there's really no other relevancy. There's nothing really deep with the character. He probably showed up to set for about 
two or three weeks, did his thing, and just mm-hmm. left. Yeah. Now, conversely, he says Man of Steel, the Zod and that, that's a character study. Yes. And I have to agree with him. Man of Steel was, I really wish they made that into a trilogy. It would have been nice as a trilogy. And in the Man of Steel story, it makes so much sense. It's a perfect having like Zod come and what he's doing mm-hmm. and the reason he's there. Because, as you said, it's a character study and how well they had developed the Superman backstory at yeah. that point it made total sense. You have the human versus my home on Krypton and exactly. like the tension that's there and where do your loyalties lie. I know reboots and remakes get a bad name, but sometimes they get it right. And I'm not saying the original Superman with Christopher Reeve isn't a classic, okay? It's a technological and movie-making classic. However, I love the reimagining Zack Snyder did with Superman. He created a, yes. a stronger, deeper bond between Jonathan Kent and Clark that actually resonates. In the original Superman, if you remember, Jonathan Kent dies of a heart attack like in the first 10 minutes. And I thought that uh, Russell Crowe playing uh, Superman's father. Oh, Zorro, right? Is it Zorro? Zorro? I think so. Is it Jorro? Jorro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Played his father. But then, who was it? Was it, um, it's not Bruce Willis. What's his name? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, yeah. uh, Playing the I get those two confused. (laughs) I mean, he did a brilliant job of the father-son dynamic. Yes. That's the type of movie now that I have kids. I can't go back and watch stuff like that because it will wreck me. Like, my wife and I, we just went to see the, the Spider-Verse movie, the new one that came out. Yeah. It goes really heavy in some points on, like, parenting themes and things like that. Yeah. And even watching that, like, we were both tearing up in the movie watching it because <laughs> it just hits you differently as a parent. And as a father with two sons myself, if I were to go back and watch, like, Man of Steel and certain scenes in that, I know it would wreck me because they did a great job. They of, did. Of establishing that. So. And it, it explains a lot more than, no offense to, again, the classic Superman Marlon Brando did a fine job for what he was tasked to do. I'm not sure if it was worth $3 million in 1978, but whatever. It's Marlon Brando. He got the money. Yeah. I mean, Marlon Brando's like, I know what I am. I know what you want, so you're going to pay me. And he also got a back-end deal on the profit for that movie. So I think, now this is just what I've read, so I don't know how true it is, but after all was said and done, as big of a hit in 1978 as the original Superman was... Just off that movie alone, he earned about $60 million. I mean, because think about it. They spent, it was a $55 million budget, which was huge back then. It grossed over $300 million worldwide. And again, this is 1978. That's a lot of butts and seats. A lot. For like, a superhero movie yeah. back then. like It's easy to pack them out today, but back then. Uncharted Waters. Right. No one ever did it. And to be honest with you, no one ever really did it outside of Superman until 1989's Batman. And I was going to say, Batman was kind of the other introduction to yeah, the superhero But that movies. was 11 years later. And that's just one of those things where Hollywood was like, huh, there might be something to the superhero trend after all. Fast forward until 2008 where Marvel's like, okay, we're going to... We're going to continue, you know, because superhero movies had gained traction, but not, they didn't really have continuity. Right. So, it was the MCU where yeah. they started coming out with their, hey, we're going to have an Iron Man movie, yeah. have a Captain America. What if we brought them together? We're going to introduce people one yeah. by one and have them cross paths. And that was an interesting concept. It's yeah. almost like we're going to take the audience that's growing up right now that cares about superhero movies. We're going to make them a decade-long customer for us. And we're going to intertwine everything. Yeah. That way, if they miss a movie, they feel like they're missing out. They'll have to see it eventually, if not on that opening. Yeah, when you make the movies dependent on each other or the overarching storyline dependent on each other, then you guarantee a customer because 
it's like, hey, before you go and watch Avengers Infinity War, yeah. you have you to, have to see, see the setup. this, 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 and this. And it's like, oh, man, so I've got to go watch this. Yeah. And then you go back, it's like, well, you can't watch Ant-Man until you watch this. And it's like, okay, well, what about Spider-Man? Nope, not until you see Civil War. And so it's like, okay, I'll just I'll watch them all. That's now, Marvel's been doing this for a while, and I think yeah. their first several phases were brilliant. But after Infinity War, it's kind of hit and miss. I feel like Marvel's relying a little too much on their subscription-based kind yes. of fandom there, where it's just like, okay... Eternals was a good movie in its own right, but it's not a good Marvel movie. No, I thought the same thing. When I first started watching Eternals, I was like, this is not good. But then as I continued watching it, I was like, you know what? This is actually a pretty good storyline. I mean, there's too many characters to really care too much about, but the main ones you're supposed to care about, there's good tension there. There's good character development. But it doesn't work as a Marvel movie as you come to expect them to be. And the continuity isn't there because I feel like if these people were among us during the Infinity right. War storyline, like, we're, we're like we, we didn't even hear a blip from you. Right. You know, it's so, just like, what were you doing? Yeah, it doesn't make too much sense. But it is an interesting concept for a movie to break that mold of what Marvel movies have come to be expected. Like, oh, here's our main hero. Here's the main villain. There's going to be some tension. Main hero might lose a fight or two. But in the end, all things work out, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I thought, so we just saw the Across the Spider-Verse movie, and I won't give too much away about that, but it does not follow a superhero mold. It does not follow that classic, here's your hero, here's your villain, there's going to be tension, blah, blah, blah. It spends so much time developing the individual characters yeah. and making you actually That's care the about the characters. Yeah. Because you, you get halfway through and you're like, where's the storyline in this? It's like, well, they haven't introduced <laughs> it. They're still building up the characters. And so a lot of people didn't like it as much, but I thought the reason that we didn't like it as much or others didn't is because it it breaks that trend of what we've come to expect, and that's actually the good a, a sign of like a good story. It's a breath of fresh air. It is. It, I mean, that's like with a book or a TV series when they don't do what's expected, you like it more. Like, I mean, I, I haven't seen all The Walking Dead, but like I watched maybe the first two or three seasons. Yeah. So the thing that I, I thought was interesting about The Walking Dead that kept me interested was that anybody could die at any time. It did no. not matter if they were the main character, like the second main character. They just kill anyone. It's actually realistic. Yeah, because it's, it's realistic. not like in real life, zombies are like, oh, well, he does the most talk and he needs to survive. We'll just take this side guy out. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. really, yeah. That dude hasn't really said too much. <laughs> we didn't develop his character. Right. We can eat him. And so I think when you, you don't know what's coming next and you don't really know what to expect, it keeps you more invested in the story because you're like, you want to hold on to those characters. Right. You want to hold on to You care. You, you care, care as if you're in their troop. You yeah, know, trying so to survive you, this obstacle. So the key to a good story is having good characters and good characters that are developed well. If you can do that, then you've got a good story. That's uh, essentially, a lot of the film buffs view the 70s as like the best time for cinema. And it's because if you look at movies from the 70s, even some in the 60s, they're all character driven. Every single yeah. one. And that's when people, I think, spent more time, more attention on movies. They could get into a movie. Yeah. Going to a movie was an activity where you devoted your sole attention to. Nowadays, everyone's more passive than ever with cell phones and all these distractions from doing just about anything, especially seeing a movie. Well, yeah, our attention spans are also gone, too. You know, yeah. you, you go on, like, a YouTube short. You've got 15 to 60 seconds. You oh, go on TikTok. You yeah. go on Instagram. Boy, Trust me. Me but, and Rob know what it's yeah, like. Right. So, so the attention span's not really there, so you don't have as much time to hold people captive but like even some of the the best movies that people say oh that's my favorite movie i mean think of something like forrest gump what's the storyline in forrest gump there's really not one it's just it's just it's forrest living his life it's forrest living his life and so the reason though that people end up having that as a favorite is not because it's got this great storyline with this tension 
It's because you care about the character. It's a great like, character. He is so well developed, and you come to know him and love him and care about what happens to him that the storyline becomes second to what you're actually invested in, which is the person. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say he doesn't live an ordinary life. Right. Not at all. True. <laughs> he played football for Bama. I remember seeing that when I was younger in the theater, and it just threw me for a loop. It was just like, wait a minute, this guy ran across the country. Okay, this got into a little, like, hokey, but right. I still went ahead with it and stuff. Yeah. I didn't like uh, Jenny's character too much, but then yeah. again, that's probably because I was rooting for Forrest through the majority of the movie. Right, and, w- and when you see what she does to Forrest, you're like, oh, well, yeah. you know, I don't I don't really want to like we, her. But it's also realistic, too. I mean, yeah. that kind of stuff happens that is, Oh, so God. It's not like the, you're, you're preaching the truth, man. The preacher preaching the, the truth, preacher everybody. The truth. <laughs> that's the only time I'll probably ever say that in my life. <laughs> we'll get, Stay tuned. We'll get you to say it again. Oh, boy. That'd be a new game for me. Okay. How many times can I get him to agree with the preacher? <laughs> All right, um, and that's a wrap on I our... We're wrapping it up. Flash. Put a bow on it. Actually, we talked about the Flash movies. for like two minutes, and then we just went off on a bunch of other movies. No, I think it's theory. good, though. <laughs> I was in the other room preparing taste test elements. Elements. Heavy metals, so I don't know what they talked about. It was supposed Tastes to be the like Flash. Coca-Cola. Mm. All right. Hey, Cook, if you want to sponsor us... Gatorade. <laughs> I got a Gatorade. Because it's not. Because <laughs> water sucks. It really, really sucks. <laughs>